Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you all. Like they say in Tennessee. My name is Alexander. I'm Alexander the Greek, not the Great. And this is Helen. Helen that belongs to Alexander, not Helen of Troy. And by God's grace, we have been working for the Lord Church, serving the Lord Church, the Omonia Church in Athens, Greece. Since 19, since January of 1990, uh, we have two children. Our daughter is an alumnus of Pepperdine, and uh, she is pregnant with her first uh, child. And we are so happy we can hide it, and it's boy. My wife chose a sub subject to share with you based on God's love. God's love has one million ways to be explained, presented, displayed. But since uh, Eleni has a call on table fellowship and she is a self-taught chef, we have understood that God's love can be explained also and presented through the fellowship, the discipline of the table, eating together. The theme, the verse we chose comes from Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 4. On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. Isaiah 25, 6. Now, uh, you may know that our background is Greek, but we will present things so they won't be Greek to, to you. You say it's all Greek to me, we the Greeks say it's all Chinese to me. <laughs> so, you know, um, there is a hymn uh, that is sung, there is a hymn that is sung by a Scottish uh, choir, men's choir, that is, uh, I can send you the link later if you want to. It, it is, it is, the words of Isaiah 25, 6. It is the Lord saying through Isaiah how much he loves people and the best way to translate his love yeah. is by translating it with food. Because this is something we understand. Now, we say that all Greeks have, uh, all, all words that have a meaning have a Greek origin. Please don't make, don't ache me as being haughty. It does, in Greek and in Hebrew. Words have a meaning. It's not just, we say, I'm going to the bank. What do you understand by a bank? Well, a bank is a bank, nothing more than a bank. Uh, give something, else. that's it, a bank. But the word bank in Greek has meaning, meaning and many meanings. Here is, since we are talking about God's abundant love, abundant, uh, abound, in Greek is aphthonos, a 
and then you add P H N O S O S. Aphthonos means, I mean, the A is the, pre the prefix A, like we have in English UN, satisfied, unsatisfied, unprepared. It means non. In Greek, it comes with the letter A. Fit, unfit. In English, it's unfit. Phthonos means lack of satisfaction for myself. If I phthono, if I have phthonos, I am jealous, envious, because you're doing well. Do you know why? Because I am not doing well. Aphthonos means lack of unsatisfaction. Therefore, satisfaction. Lack of unsatisfaction. Aphthonos, abundant, in Greek means the one who is not unsatisfied. And who is the one who is not unsatisfied? The one who is. In God and in Jesus we are not unsatisfied. We are satisfied. There are words that have a meaning. Uh, real quickly, uh, <coughs> Acts 2.40. And with many other words, Peter exhorted them saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. The word corrupt takes me to a corrupt Windows file. Corrupt government. Corrupt what else? Corrupt. But the word in the original text is a word we have in English today. S-C-O-L-I-A. Scolia. Scoliosis. Scoliosis is the spine that is not straight. And that's why John the Baptizer preached, make straight the paths of the Lord. Why? They were never straight. There's a meaning. You see what I mean? But there's something a visual. It's a common secret that we all live in a Western way of life in this continent and also us in West Europe. So the word aphthonos, abundant, loses its color, its hue, its meaning because we have it in abundance. We have this, we have that, we have that, we have that, and then, well, so what? For people around the world who lack many things, abundance has great meaning. For us, it's mm, down there. It's an overused word, but uh, in our everyday life, this word loses its power, loses its potency. And God's love is one of the four ways described in Greek to show affection, protection, care. Agape is agape love, the top quality of love God can offer to you. Then we have uh, the friendly love, philia, P-H-I-L-I-A, philia, Philadelphia, philanthropist, 
friend of, friendly. Then we have the word we all know in English, eros, E-R-O-S, erotic. This romantic, romantic drive, but not of the spirit, it's mainly of the body. And then we have an another word, storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, S-T-O-R-G-E. Storge means a love mingled with protection. Like the lioness is a storgical mother, loves and protects the cubs. It's two meanings in one. But all these are human-oriented. God's love comes from above, and it's first of all pure, full of mercy and good fruit, like his wisdom. You know, like last night, uh, the speaker uh, spoke about the ultimate kind of love. And in Jewish, you see, in Hebrew, is sehed. It's a love that cannot be compared and very difficult for us to understand it as well because we're humans and our vocabulary or our mind are not quite, you know, fit to understand it. But we can feel it. Maybe we don't understand it with our mind, but we feel it with our heart. And what happens when we first feel the love of God? You know, we might be in, in, in Christian families and be raised in Christian families or in Christian communities, but there comes a moment that only God has appointed a chosen for us to, to feel that love, to feel the, the warmth, the affection, the, the care, and you know, nobody's a teenager in here, so I'm sure we all have felt it at times. Um, what, is, what is interesting is, of course, love first, first and foremost, it's a feeling. But God's love, after we feel it, becomes power. Yes. It's something else, yes. okay? It's powerful. It's, 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 uh, it's transformed into ways that will change us forever. Um, it's a force. It, it stops being just a feeling. It's a force. It's a force that, that uh, um, let me find the word, must, must. Strengthens you to no. do this, to do that, to do, well, not just feel. I'm not Take action. can find the right word. But anyway, it kind of pushes us, first of all, to change so we can come closer to God. It helps us to, to forgive and, and, of course, you know, grow spiritually. Uh, and, and finally, it, it transforms us into light. So wherever we are, whether we are in, you know, in a classroom like today, or in an airplane, or in an airport, or you know, I'm just speaking about our recent experiences, or maybe in another country, you know, trying to convey this love. We are the light. Now, <clears throat> you know, Einstein, uh, I love, you, probably you've heard this, it's been going around Facebook for a while. Uh, in one of his memoirs that he left to his stepdaughter, and, uh, of course, you know, the apostles <laughs> and the gospel could convince us 
but this comes from, you know, from the world, from Einstein. Here's what he wrote in, in, a in his memoir. He said, when he proposed the theory of relativity, very few understood me, he says. And what I will reveal now to transmit to mankind will also collide with misunderstanding and prejudice of this world. I ask you to guard the letters, he says to his stepdaughter, as long as necessary. Years, decades, until society is advanced enough to accept what I will explain below. There's an extremely powerful force that so far science has not found a formal explanation. It is a force that includes and governs all others. It is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe and has not yet been identified by us. The, this universal force, much more important than gravity, is love. Love is light and enlightens those who receive it. For love, love we live and we die. Love is God and God is love. If gravity keeps us, no, these are our words, if gravity keeps us on the ground along with all creation, then the power of God's love keeps us. Colossians 3.14, and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Um, Have you seen the movie Billy Elliot? There's an, it's kind of old, you know, maybe 25 years ago. Beautiful movie for, for young adults to watch. Uh, because it has many of the current issues of our society, although it's probably 20 years old. So Billy Elliot is a young, huh? Billy Elliot is a young man somewhere in Scotland who just loves to dance. And in, in that setting of society, quite poor and uneducated, that was not the thing to do for a man. A man could be a boxer or something else, but never a dancer. But, you know, the force that he has in him, this, this gift, finally, you know, overcomes the pre, you know, his father's uh, preoccupation. Yeah, so he goes for an interview for the Royal Ballet of London. Oh, oh. And uh, he's just a little awkward skinny boy, he's just jumping around, and, you know, not quite, you know, uh, skillful dancing. So the, the judges, you know, look at him like, okay, yeah, right, okay. So as he's, it looks like he's not gonna make it. So as he's exiting the door, one of the judges, and, and I really uh, suggest that you see this movie, yeah. says to Billy him. Billy Elliot. So says, hey, hey, Billy. So he turns around and says, so how does it feel when you dance? And he stops, and that's the most amazing part of all the movie. And he says, ah, I don't know. It feels like electricity. It's like I want to fly, and that's, what gets him into the Royal Ballet, and it's a true story, partially, because he becomes one of the best black swans ever in the Royal Ballet yeah. of London. True story. Yeah. I think God's love is like this. It's like electricity that is transformed in everything, in everything good that we have in us, that we don't even know that it's there. See, it transforms us in a way that we cannot see how things are going. In the beginning, we have Paul who persecutes the church. And then we have Paul who supports the church. If you ask Paul, what do you feel? How are things going? He would answer, I don't know. Have you seen the change? No, I have felt the change. Like the very same thing, the very first miracle, 
at the wedding in Cana. They all saw the water filling the pitchers. Then they all saw the wine from which they drew and they were satisfied. What did they miss? They missed the change in the pitchers, visible. They saw A, they saw Z, they missed all the rest. This is how God's love works. It, it, it saturates you and it makes you something different. Now, it's like uh, here in LA, you go down the highway and uh, there is road work, but you can't see really any workers actively working or doing stuff on a rigorous way. And you say, as you drive, when will this work be complete? It will take forever. And then you drive by some four or five weeks later and it's there. And road signs and lights and this and this and lining and everything and it's done. What happened? Well, it happened. I have missed things in my life as a seaman. And later I understood, I tried to understand what the happened. What happened? The question is still in my heart. I didn't figure that out. Is it emo an emotional feeling or what, what do you mean? At no. first, yeah. Uh, 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 at first it is, but yeah. then it tr triggers your mind. Triggers the mind and goes to the realm of logic. I mean, I have my feelings, but as a ship's captain, on a 1500 foot long, five football fields long ship, you have to have logic. The weather, the conditions, the cargo, the people, the delay, everything. And things work, though you see, you will not make it. And you don't know what to place. You enter the port of Beaumont or Port Arthur or Port Neches or Corpus Christi on time, coming all the way from the Persian Gulf in South Africa. But we had a storm, we had a gale. I don't know, thank you. That feeling. That feeling. God's abundant love is not a Western lifestyle privilege. For some reason, you know, when, when we see the globe, we just think that God is over here. For some reason, these people, you know, in the Middle East or, you know, far Asia, oh yeah, they don't honor God. Well, the God we know, that's what we're thinking. So God is kind of, you know, uh, it's, it's a Western privilege, you know, his love, he loves the West. Well, um, we heard this at Pepperdine years ago. I don't, I don't remember from who. But he very well said that uh, God loves everyone, always, no matter what. God does not love the ones we think he should love. He just loves everyone. And of course, you know, John yeah. 3.16. Yes. Uh, we have the tendency to believe and say, well, but not in a wrong way. God loves his own. Yes, he does. And what about the rest? He loved Judas. He loved Demas. He, he loved the woman 
out in adultery. He loved Zacchaeus, number one thief in his days. He loved them in a way that the Samaritan becomes the neighbor, the one we don't like. Eleni will share with you in her trips and acquaintance with Syrians and refugees. In the beginning, she believed, oh, no, 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 Muslims, no, 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 no. So Judas, if we think about God's abundant love, is probably one of the best, you know, uh, examples of God's hopeful love. That he just, you know, he, he knows. He knows the end of the story. He knew that Judas will turn against him, but he still loved him. And what, what a, a wonderful way for us to walk in this life, to be hopeful for everyone, for those that persecute us, for those that have really, you know, did wrong to us, to have this hope. Who says that? I, tend, I tended to be, I'm, I'm changing finally. You know, I'm 60 plus. Very critical person. I was, that was my personality. And I see how the love of God, which love we saw in the eyes of our Muslim people, the Muslim families. We saw how God loves us because of the way they loved us. It was, it was a very strange way for us to finally understand the love of God. And then we started changing. In our effort to help Muslim people find the way to God through Jesus Christ, in our, in our effort to revive them, if that's the right word, we were revived. Now, uh, even Ju Judas, Acts 1, the 17. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. He was part of the group. Finally, he was not an outcast. He, he was embraced. Finally, one of the best ways we have experienced, we're not just saying this, to envision the abundance of God's love is really the fellowship table. Yes. I mean, how would I, how, how, would you know that I really love you and honor you, and then I invite you home and I offer you, you know, crackers, <laughs> you know, then if, if someone, you know, has prepared a bountiful table, then you know, you know, you understand that they love you and they honor you. Um, the textures, the tastes, the colors, the aromas that God has chosen to put in our food are performing like actors in a Shakespearean play on the stage. They are talking to us. This abundance should talk to us. Yeah. Look, God loves you. God uses this illustration, whether on an everyday table, or a Tuscan wedding table, or any celebratory table, for us to be the audience and watch, to feel how it is to be loved abundantly. When we see Jesus, we will be part of this banquet. In the beginning, during the first miracle of Jesus, the background, the setting is not a square or a mount. It's a banquet table, the wedding, where hearts get around the table, get around the bank. Here comes the explanation of the word bank in English. I'm going to the bank, 
the bank, the word bank in Greek means trapeza, big table. What do you do on a table? You either eat or carry your business around. Talk, <laughs> trade, huh? table. And then the last supper is not a miracle or healing or something. It's a banquet. And in the book of Revelation, up there, it will be a banquet. That's why we, we, we have the, uh, the expression, I'm not going to sit down at the same table with him. Why didn't you say I'm not going to sit down at the same sofa with him? What's the, the table? It's the place where your life is sustained. And that's why Jesus fed the multitude, not just give life, but sustain their life. And this is love. This is love beyond borders. You know, in Matthew 26, 29, we hear that often before the Lord's Supper is uh, shared. Uh, Jesus told, yes. told the yeah. disciples, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Recently, I thought, what? He's not gonna, he's waiting for us all this time? He's waiting for us to celebrate. Yes. That's how much he loves us. Yes. So, um, it is around the table that God's love was offered to our Muslim friends in Athens. Some of you have been there and have experienced it. The table setting and the meals that were prepared during the week uh, were lovingly prepared and um, really the message that was coming across around those long tables, it was God loves you and for that reason we love you and, and we, uh, you're part of our family, whether they were Christians, yes, yeah. uh, Christians or Muslims. Um, and because of this, yeah, because and because of this, because we cannot love in the magnitude God loves, it is not right to say wrong. Henry Scougal, S-C-O-U-G-A-L, was a Scottish theologian, 1600s, an author, a minister, a theologian. He died too young, 27 years old from TB. He said, we don't come to Jesus so that he will change our O-U-R, our heart. We come to him so that we may have our heart exchanged with his heart. Because his heart is top quality in us. Our heart, well, I changed the valves, I changed some pistons, I put new oil. It's your heart. So those A new heart create <clears throat> in me, oh God, his heart. So those tables in the center of Athens at the Ammonia Church building were turned into the Last Supper. I mean, God's love was displayed on, on you know, on these meals. Uh, 
you would find it interesting that they were Muslims, but they were not going to their own. They were coming to the Christians. They knew they were coming to a Christian church. Uh, so this, these meals really became the meals that united us and that they spoke of the love of God. Those suppers drove us humbly into um, a little basin and we, we did this as a, a discipline, we, we washed their feet. You know, their feet were tired, they were hurting, they had walked, some of them, I don't know, several days to get to the point that would bring them, you know, from Syria to bring them to Turkey and then to Athens. Uh, all of this was done because of God's love. Forgiveness was displayed, reconciliation, and, and our experience is that the abundance of God's love abundance. is displayed and understood much better than in any other way but in the dinner table, table fellowship. So um, this is, we, we do have some time. Um, what has happened is that, let's go to the, some of you were not here last year or we were not here the last, the year before, so this is kind of an overall, maybe you've seen some of the pictures, just, you know, visuals for you to, um, to, to understand a little bit of what God has done uh, among us. Can you go back again? When, back, we need to turn the lights down. I don't know how you do that. Sorry, yeah. Is it, is it this arrow? Toccato. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, as they were leaving, because all of the Syrians that we were in, you know, uh, fellowship with, they have all gone to Germany, Belgium, Western Europe. Greece has very little to offer them in, in terms of physical, you know, jobs and stability. It offered them Jesus, which is really what, you know, they were equipped and strengthened with to make the rest of the trip. As they were leaving, you know, we went to the airport several times, you know, to say goodbye. The promise was, we will come to see you. And in Greek, we say that a promise is a debt, you know, until you pay it. So uh, we went and the church supported me to go different times. I went to Germany three times in the last year and a half. And uh, also recently I went to Turkey and uh, barely made it into Syria. So the, the little ammonia church of, of, of you who know it really has expanded in ways that we never uh, saw or, or, or hoped for. Uh, we have a class every Monday that people f that are in Europe and in Turkey and in Syria, we have a Zoom class every Monday night that it's uh, a discipleship class for three and a half years now. So this is back uh, for the, fir the first trip when I went to Germany. Uh, and you know, this is how they, <laughs> they show you that they love you. They, <laughs> you know, it's not one, one dish or one uh, recipe. So uh, this is one of the first families. I think some of you might recognize them. Mukhtar and his family, um, who lived in, uh, arrived in Germany, I think, four years ago. The, the two boys are twins. And those of you that are not just visiting Pepperdine have something to do with leadership in Pepperdine. 
these, these twins are 16 years old and they speak six languages. They speak Greek, English, Kurdish, Turkish, Arabic, and German. Did I miss a language? No. no. So there's another young man, their age, you will see them in the pictures, that they live very close to Halderberg in Germany, that we would like to see them in a summer camp at Pepperdine University. Uh, this is another family that I visited in Germany the first time, the Nader family. This is the, every Wednesday uh, we have a class for the children, which is English, but it's always from the Bible. And even on Zoom, you know, we celebrate birthdays. Uh, this is the, the other young man that is also 16 years old. And he's, um, this is the class with the adults. Ah, this, this young lady in the middle, her name is Ozan. And uh, she's currently in Syria. She was one, in Afrin, one of the families that I was planning to visit. And over our discipleship class, she finally found some other Christians and there, she was baptized. There's a bathtub somewhere here. I think it's cut off. And anyway, this little girl is named after me. That's her daughter. Uh, we worked, God used us to work with um, uh, Afghan uh, refugees just the two years ago when the Taliban took over the Greek uh, government uh, you can be looking at while I'm <laughs> speaking um, the Greek government collaborated with an NGO in um, in London I'm, that protects International Bar Association Human Rights Institute that is the United Nations for judges, not lawyers, judges. Because in Afghanistan, the judges were, uh, until Taliban, women. So this is and they had put many Taliban behind bars. So guess what happened now? So th this is back in 2021. You know, people were still, you know, we had about 4,000 people coming every day to Greece, 4,000 refugees from Syria. That all has changed probably 40 come, uh, even even less, because the European Union has established all these kind of ways to push them back. There's, a, a, there's like a Coast Guard body called the Frontex. No that, Coast that Guard, uh, it's a border protection like we have here in, in the States. There it's called Frontex, to, to guard the borders of EU. So we were approached, uh, Omonia was, by the, the organization in England. They collaborated with the Greek Air Force, and two big aeroplanes went to uh, Kabul and evacuated 76 women judges that were in hiding for like two months, along with their families, about 330 people. Uh, Omonia became a, uh, like a distribution center, you know, to distribute all kinds of help. The organization, you know, Baran Association, had placed them in hotels just around Ammonia. We cooked for them. Well, they cooked with us for them. Uh, all of a sudden, we became family, highly educated people. We had never met Afghans of that level. They were like the cream of education and society. Uh, the husbands, I mean, the women were judges. Most of them PhDs, the husbands were professors, doctors, lawyers, 
don't forget uh, that Pakistan and Afghanistan in the past were countries brought up, bred by British. So they had. So anyway, they just you know we don't want to show off exactly what we did, but just for you to get a. A visual, if, if you go on Google and you put Afghan judges in Greece, you will see a lot that, uh, and we were affiliated. Uh, in fact, two of them were members of the Afghan parliament. They were senators. Uh, this is our team in Athens. We all understand why this took place. Now that the Taliban's are in power, the first ones they want to get out of the map is the judges who put them in jail before. And then somebody had asked us, uh, we have like a board, you know, for our finances to be, to be managed, like a 501, and uh, one of the members of the board said, when that Afghan situation had settled, they're all gone, mostly in Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. So, um, so our brother said, well, we hope there's not another refugee crisis or another war. Well, before he finished, you know, the, you know, the Ukrainian conflict started. So um, several uh, families came from the Ukraine. Some were families of Ukrainian members, you know, Natalia and Yanis, that, that had been in Greece in, in uh, the congregation for a long time. So their family members came and friends of the family members so we turned the second floor, which used to be classrooms for the Syrian refugees, into like a hostel for the Ukrainian people. So we went and bought beds and mattresses and just uh, transformed the second floor to a, to a home. Uh, many stories, many stories that we don't have time to say. All, you know, gospel encounters. Uh, the, the Ukrainian people were different from the Syrian people, the culture, I mean. The Syrian people are, you know, they're believers. They have, they have different, you know, a set of ethics, you know. They believe in God, the God they know, you know, so far. But then the Ukrainian people, very secular and, and quite cold. But it didn't take long until the love of God melted their hearts. Yes. They came with us on an annual retreat and some of them, like the father on the very left, yeah. see, the man with the beard is already in Greece for many years with his wife. So the man next to him, the taller man, was his brother. So uh, this is just one of the extended families. So the man with the, with the shirt, he was baptized with his two sons. I don't know if they're in the picture. Let me share this, please. Uh, the Arabs, in general, are of the style if God wants, we will, you know, they depend mu much on this. And when they leave a place like uh, uh, Sodom and uh, Gomorrah, uh, Lot and his wife, we, we have an expression, they throw a black stone, a black rock behind them. They don't want to go back. They believe the place is cursed. The Ukrainians are different. We will not let that man do what he had done to us back then. We fight. Different mindsets. The Ukrainians are tough. The 
Syrian, the, if you feed him, he will eat. If he more mild, do you understand what I mean? But they know God and they knew secretly that Jesus, Isa, I-S-A in Arabic, son of Mary, will judge the world one day with righteousness. It is in the Quran. Try to find it. It's a text. So you see Natalia in the middle. This is uh, the wife of the man with the beard, longtime members of the Ammonia Church. So these are her great nieces. When you know they all came, they drove. They drove from. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the cities. Well, they drove for three days, and they finally got to Athens. And it was a March night, like two o'clock in the morning. It was raining and it was cold. And it was this was out of a book to see how they arrived and they were crying, but you couldn't connect with them. They were crying, but if you tried to hug them, it was if you tried to hug the chair. They were very traumatized. Um, so they're all in Switzerland now. Switzerland has been very hospitable to the Ukrainian refugees. So. Um, this is, of course, you know, we started cooking Russian and Ukrainian food again. Um, our daughter and our son have an apartment, and they let the, one of the families stay there for six months. Then we invited them to our home, our homes. This is our church building. Uh, you know, this is the first floor that you, those of you that have been there, we've been renting the second floor for the last five years, and we have almost uh, all the money to buy it and the owner keeps promising but he's not moving on with the sale so by June, this June not far, we either have to move out from the second floor not the first one the church owns or you can pray that God performs another miracle because that second floor has been really used for the glory of God in so many ways, this is the second floor the entire yeah, floor is 3,000 square feet, as every floor of the building. Um, this is one of the men that uh, became Christian with his wife and his uh, six children. They live in northeast Germany, like close to Poland. I had never been to Germany before. On my second trip, I, I took the plane, went to, where did I go, Berlin then took on the train for several hours, and um, this is Mehmed. This so place used to belong they were back then to what we call called East Germany. Yeah, and, and it's obvious too, I don't know, those of you that go to Germany, you, you must have this experience. For a minute I thought, oh, am I in the wrong country? I thought it was in Germany, but it's very obvious that it's, yeah. you know, it was different territory. Anyway, when Mehmed and his family were at the airport leaving from Athens, uh, again, you know, to go to another country, you know, after they had settled in Greece. You know, of course, I cried all the time, and he said, uh, I know, he's very intelligent, I know why you cry, because you don't know what's going to happen to us now. You know, I was thinking, are they going to find a church? Are they going to people be hospitable to them? And um, he said, Mama Eleni, don't worry, we will be the church. So, just some of our um, still... Uh, trying to find another cultural mediator and interpreter. Uh, Rostom was with us, a dear brother in Christ, for several years, but he's moved on to Norway with his uh, family. Um, here is one, one of the 
uh, Ukrainian ladies is baptized. That's the Ukrainian group. Then that's another Syrian couple that was baptized and because they didn't speak a word of, of, of anything but Arabic and Kurdish, we connect with, with Zoom in Germany with the one of the three young men that I mentioned who speaks very good English and Arabic to translate and take their confession. So we've become so much smarter <laughs> over this <laughs> and resourceful. So um, this is the retreat that we had last. Uh, it was a very different retreat because it was pretty much only the Ukrainian people. And, and there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of tears, but a lot of transformation too. This is when uh, one of the men were baptized. And this young lady was baptized as well. Three. Uh, so, these are some of the places that I went to visit in Germany. <laughs> so, uh, again, the families all over again. The children are progressing. They all speak German. Well, in fact, all the families speak German. Uh, those that had... Um, musical and artistic inclinations. They've become painters. You know, they're going to school to learn how to paint. They, they learn musical instruments. So these are some of the things we did when, when I went to visit. We went out to the parks. We danced in front of the TV. <laughs> um, one of the villages that this family lives is Ausfeld. I don't know if you, anybody knows this place. It's about two hours from Frankfurt. They say it's the most beautiful village in, in Germany. And this is the congregation where they worship. Then another family that we visited in Berlin. I don't know what this slide is doing here. This is some friends from Nashville visiting. Now this is, um, this is the last trip to Germany. This is one of the young men that I mentioned. They all... Uh, and you know, the, the, this picture is just, um, it just gives you an, a little bit of, of a, a, an idea where they left from, because I'll show you where they left from and where God has taken them. I mean, these children would never have an opportunity to learn a musical instrument. They would never have an opportunity where they were. And now they have a little orchestra. Their dad plays the uti, and Surya plays the violin, and uh, Najim plays the guitar. So it was cold in Germany, obviously. Uh, you know, our daughter is expecting a baby, right? And we're very thankful and we're very happy, you know, for this new stage of life and everything. Uh, but, and we don't want all this that God is doing to steal of that joy. It's a very special joy. But then again, the joy of seeing people being born again. You know, these life transformations competes, you know, with any other joy. This is the day before I left from, from Germany. And just for the information, I never carried my suitcase. I don't know this man, but he's carrying my suitcase. <laughs> everywhere I went, everywhere, somebody was just, you know. So I either look too old or it is the grace for God. I will vote for the second one. Uh, now, this is my recent visit to Turkey and Syria. Uh, 
the family where I visited just had a new grandchild and just decided again to name it Eleni. I told our daughter, don't you think, if we you ever have a girl to name her. So <laughs> this is the, the Syrian family in the borders of Turkey and Syria. Uh, eight children, two of them, the left and the right, they have mental issues. Um, It's interesting, if you saw the pictures of the Syrians in Germany, they're all smiling. The, the people in Turkey and Syria, they don't smile yeah. in any picture. Even if you tell them, there's, there's yeah. really not joy, you know? Because yeah. now this little guy is, is the youngest of the family with the eight. His name is Hamoudi. And the day that I was leaving, I saw him with, with like his pants, a pack of clothes going to his mom. And, I, I wondered, and I asked, what, what is Hamoudi doing? They said, oh, he needs to be dressed because he's coming to the airport. He needs to help Mama Eleni with her suitcase. So he came along. The airport was about three hours. And then just came back to Greece, and that's. Uh, while I was there, we, we tried to cross the Syrian borders. We came into Syria, but Israeli airstrikes had just started, and I was advised to go back. I never got to see the people, I only saw Syria. While I was in Turkey, being with the Syrian families there, um, the dad told me the night before I left, he said, uh, so, oh, you can't leave us like this now. And I thought, I bet you they think I'm gonna take them with me. And uh, I was waiting to hear what they wanted, and he said, you need to baptize one of us so we can help others come to Christ as well. So the dad and the son, there's no picture of that here, uh, were baptized. There was no water, you know, it was no bathtub, nothing, just a dirty river that we wouldn't, we wouldn't even go out because that's a heavy Muslim, you know, occupied community. So we were in the backyard with the family's daughter, Viana, and uh, we're looking around. I thought, surely there's something we can put water in. So there was a well, and I thought maybe we can dunk them into the well, but, you know, <laughs> what if? <laughs> so, no, that was not going to work. And then we found a big barrel. And 55 oh, I don't know. gallon, this big plastic blue. So, so we filled up the barrel. water and... So they were baptized to Christ, and I told How them, many? I said, your, your, your home now is the church, so you can teach others, and you can also help them uh, to understand that, you know, they, you know, they can be baptized as well. So that's the story. And thank you very much for coming. Uh, we, it seems like only our friends come to these meetings. <laughs> so thank you for the support. We know you're interested in what God is doing because you all have a part in it. And please continue to pray. Our major request for prayer, besides, you know, the protection and the, you know, the, the hand of God in, in the lives of, of all the people, that have tasted him is this second floor deal because it keeps us up at night. And if it is his will not to buy it, just we will abide, we will be obedient. But, you know, if God can open the way, if it, is, if it is the owner's, you know, problem, we ask you to pray for this. So we just have about, what, two months, so. Thank you very much. God bless you all. Thank you. God be with you.